Hello, and welcome to Wands and Fronds, the weekly podcast that covers magic, houseplants, and more. I'm Shannon. And I'm Nick. And we're your co-hosts. So today, I am really excited. I am covering our first real bona fide houseplant, and it's one of my favorite, Hoyas. Hoyas? Hoyas, queen. Hoyas. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, that was horrible. Nick, what are you talking about? Um, So I'm going to be walking you through a custom cord cutting that I have crafted for what is soon to be everyone's most toxic ex, the year 2020. I love this too, because like, this is also the Saturn return for a lot of us. Um, it's for people that were born after February 4th, I think, in 1991, up through sometime in 1993. I don't remember the end of it. I only know the start of it because Eric actually has already had his Saturn return. Oh, um, yeah. Goody, goody it. for Eric. But it's so this is like we're saying, like, fuck off to 2020. So opening up for like great big new energy but also for all of us like middle-aged millennials we're moving into like a really huge time of transformation so it's it's, uh it's saturn return time hey baby we gotta like cut the cord from this bullshit so we can like get moving on our transformation but no so i was looking it up and i couldn't find a lot of information about doing a cord cutting on a whole year so i've had to come up with something on my own and uh, i did intentionally set this up to be on our last official episode recorded this year which will be airing on the first of january so everyone who's interested in doing this along with me at home can make their preparations and be ready to go on the first new moon of 2021 which will be taking place in 12 days on january 13th in the sign of capricorn oh i love that it's in capricorn that feels very appropriate i i thought so as well so uh i've crafted this spell myself so it's going to be based on my own personal interpretations and intuition and also my own personal symbolism relating to this year But I want to pop in and say that Nick has shared some of this with me in advance. And I think that it is going to be so, like, so relatable for so many people. It's like, Nick, I really feel like you encapsulated what the fuck happened. (laughs) So what what the fuck did happen? Uh, So to start with here, I've hand drawn a simplified version of the tarot card, The Tower, which I think is accurately describing the year when a majority of people in the world, myself included, have had one or more quote-unquote tower moments. But our whole society has faced a huge tower moment this year as well. So you could totally print out a picture here of a tower card to use, but I think hand-drawing it is giving this so much more power and intention 
And it's not super important if it's a masterpiece because we're going to find out in a moment what is going to happen to this picture. And and you'll see it. I actually when I was drawing, I sent you mine, Shannon. So uh, yeah. but when 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 I was drawing, I looked up a simplified tower. Yeah. And it could also just be like whatever your interpretation is, like Nick said. And I love the idea of hand drawing it, though, because then it's like you also have the opportunity to maybe use like a special type of like magical ink you know Magical or ink. something you could also uh pick out some runes that you think are also pertinent to the situation like binding runes would be good uh shannon you were doing a manifestation spell recently and came up with a sigil so if you wanted to look into sigil making like and do oh, a, yeah. a, a binding sigil for this that's this is a good place for that as well but i i would and i was gonna say nick i think that your methods with like being a very intuitive witch are incredibly important in something like this you know it's like if you're designing something like you can be inspired by other stuff but you really should like go with what you think feels right because like you need your intention in this and like you have magic just like trust it (laughs) right exactly so so we've got our drawing of the tower and we're gonna flip or maybe you printed it out because you're a technological witch oh a techno pagan <laughs> yeah 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 techno pagans out there rejoice you can what print was that it from out. was it in buffy that they talked about techno pagans i forget there, I, that was a term on some show all i can like, think of is the strong bad bit technological uh, romance, romance. <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh i i literally can't remember though but uh, so we so we have we have our drawing of the tower, which I actually labeled the shit show. So you you know you you're not gonna get that kind of fun cheeky element if you print it out. <laughs> so I labeled it the yeah. shit show because this year was an absolute shit show. You could also print it out though and like personalize it too. If like drawing yes. is something that like gives you anxiety, you know maybe you do start with like a printout and then you just customize it. But I do think having something personally done is really important. Maybe color it. Yeah, wouldn't that be that. nice if you printed it out in black and white and then colored it? And you can Ooh. set your intentions while you filled in the uh, the voids. Ah, oh, a plus plus. Anywho, you know, whatever, whatever you want to do. But so we got our tower and we're going to flip it over on the back and write out our list of grievances, which I'm sure everyone's going to have plenty of grievances about this absolute dumpster fire of a year. So and then turning the page sideways, you'll remember this uh, when we were talking a little bit about uh, binding. Uh, We're going to write our intentions for this cord cutting across the other way. So like you have your writing going from left to right up and down the page and then you rotate it 90 degrees and then you're writing it in cross so it'll kind of look like plaid right yeah yeah so so we're going to write our intentions for this cord cutting across the other way and so for example to not be bothered by bad memories of this year in the future to overcome the hard circumstances we've gone through this year and to leave what has passed in the past where it belongs and to reap all of the good karma we did not get this year and balance out the energy of our world in 2021. So I think when we're talking about cord cutting to Nick, something I've done a cord cutting spell before. And I think when you're thinking about your intentions too, it's sometimes helpful to also make sure like you're putting the intention into like, you know, leaving the past in the past, 
but maybe taking the positive lessons with you, you know, so also making sure that you're not like, you know, this isn't like a machete. This is, you know, this, when you're doing an entire year, it's like, you You need to like, you know what, you know what, actually though, Shannon, this spell is a machete. I mean, yes, it's it's intended (laughs) to be a machete. It is. It is. But I think with your intentions, you can still be like, yes, I I think that it's also important to make sure that you're intentional about keeping the lessons you learned this year that are positive because very true. Yeah. The cord cutting is important, but we all we all still want to grow from the horror (laughs) that was this year. (laughs) Well, you know, it's like if you're if you're growing, if you're growing squash or whatever, you cut cut the vine back with a machete. You got to prune. You got to prune. You can prune. You can prune with a machete. You just have to be very careful. So so with that part fully completed, we're going to bind it in twine in a scroll shape. And that's going to serve two purposes. It's going to give it a nice little bit of airflow uh, for the next step. Um, but then also, I have this really nice twine that I use. And I just think it's great for, for you know, kind of wrapping around. And you think about, like, binding 2020 from affecting you any further. You're done. Yeah. It's like a good time if you do not magic to maybe incorporate some of that in your binding. Right. Yes, some knots, but uh, you know, also just the little, the little wrap is nice. Little wrap it around. Um, yeah. But then we're gonna burn it. We're gonna kill the bitch with fire. And so I actually, for this, maybe for the first time ever, <laughs> as far as uh, you know, something for people to put in their spell books, I'm gonna recommend using a small amount of appropriate paper trash to to do this fire and you're gonna have a small little control fire either in a bucket or a bowl or directly in a hole in the ground because that's part of it as well um but so i personally have some leftover pay stubs from the peak of quarantine season this year when i was making pretty much nothing from working uh i think a few toilet paper tubes would not go amiss here uh, with all of the sim- symbolism that that has, um, you know, maybe just maybe just the cloth part of uh, <laughs> a, a disposable mask. That's a great idea. What when I saw this tunic, for me, what I immediately thought of is, um, and I'm so sorry, I'm about to sound like the biggest fucking Virgo ever, but I get the desk calendars at work, oh, and. Yeah. I thought immediately about taking off December and writing all of this stuff like and using that paper to do that. You know, the actual calendar page from the end of the year. One of the great things of 2020 is that most people who bought things like planners and calendars that they just didn't use because they had nothing going on. uh, Exactly. Because 2020. Uh, Yeah. So but 2020 is a garbage fire. 2020 was a garbage fire. I think it came in as a garbage fire. I think we're going to send the bitch out in a garbage fire. So this is kind of one of those where I'm like, the stuff is easy enough to get. It's like, yeah, you're going to look like a crazy person having a tiny little trash fire wherever you're doing it. But but like we've all felt crazier this year than you will look. I promise. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, So I say this is not one of those where I'm giving alternatives i'm like if you can't okay so the idea though is that we're gonna we're just gonna burn that bitch with fire 
and do it in a small hole and that's part of the ritual as well is that we're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna plant a seed for something better um i would add if it's possible this feels like it would be perfect at a crossroads yes one hundred thousand percent but if not you know i was thinking i was gonna do this on a side trail at the green belt oh yeah that's perfect you know, keep your water bottle handy. A small fire should be easy enough to put out with one water bottle. You don't want to have uh, anything bigger than that. Be safe. But so we're going to have a little hole. We're going to have a little trash fire. And we're going to burn our little scroll. And that's it. That's part one. That's done. So the second part is a manifestation ritual. So I'm going to ask you to get your tarot deck and pull out all four of the aces. So we've got the ace of pentacles. We've got the ace of swords. We've got the ace of wands. And then you've got the ace of cups. So aces represent the seeds of blessings and success and power and love. And therefore are going to represent the seeds of your manifestations, which will be growing and coming to fruition in this next year. So you're going to write out Every, and I do mean every, hopeful thing and dream that you have for 2021. And I'm really going to ask every single one of you to put as much energy as you can into this. So meditate on it. Think about it in the shower. Take it, take it over a few days. But you got your four corners set up with the aces. And one thing, I, I'm just going to do a little, little side thing here. Is that you should get some tarot cards that you use for rituals that you wouldn't necessarily mind getting ashy or getting stuff spilled on like that you use for their symbolic value in your spellcraft if you want to keep your your tarot cards that you like to read oh yeah no that's a great that's a great tip because i also do a lot of candle magic and like wax Mm -hmm. gets everywhere but when i hear this spell too nick thinking about writing down like your hopes and dreams i mean kind of a callback to a previous episode but i feel like this would be a really great thing to do on some birch paper with like birches like you know the fertility and inception powers of birch paper oh 100 percent I was just saying, like, I really wanted this to be very pared down so that literally anyone could do it. Yeah, these are all, all of the stuff I'm throwing in is like bullshit sprinkles, if you want it's to. Sprinkles. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's good sprinkles, for sure. I mean, our sprinkles ever bad. But, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> um, but so we're writing down every positive thing that you could possibly think of that could happen in 2021. And we're putting all of our energy into that. And so like a seed... We're going to bury this in the hole where you've had your trash fire and your doomed tower scroll. And you're just going to use whatever leftover ashes are there and whatever dirt you removed to dig the hole you had the fire in. And then for the end of this, I recommend leaving flowers as if it were a grave. And that is the end. It finishes it out. Rest in peace. Yeah. I think for me, when I see that, Nick, I immediately thought, like, I have some calendula that's on the way out. Mm -hmm. Clipping some of your, like, flowers that are maybe, like, finishing up this year. If you're in a warmer climate, you know, stuff is, like, kind of coming to the end of its bloom. This is, like, such a good time to use that. It's, like, it's had its beauty, it served its purpose, and then you're, like, giving it as an offering back to Earth. Right. So, like a grave, we say rest in peace. Yeah. To 2020. 
We say fuck off 2020. We say we say fuck off 2020. I'm going to send your bitch ass out in a trash fire. And that's that. Um, <laughs> but no, so no, we did. We did take a little time to come up with that. So if anyone out there is just looking to send off 2020 with the appropriate attitude, I think that's for you. That's for you guys. Um, I love it. No, and I think I just want to like applause break for Nick because Nick did like such amazing work for this. And I feel like it's such a testament to, you know, I think you always talk about how, you know, everything you do is by intuition. But I think sometimes you really undersell how much like experience you have. (laughs) And and Nick, Nick wrote this like Nick wrote this spell. So this is why he's qualified to talk to you about magic. Thank you. Well, you know, happy, happy you will to me. Okay, so moving on, we have another sus spiritual practice. And this one, I just thought it was really funny. Honestly, like, okay, so it's called dark Buddhism, which doesn't Oh, doesn't that sound kind of cool? It sounds kind of cool. So let's just let's just stop for a second and just appreciate that. That does sound pretty cool. And if I saw that somewhere, I would be like, what is that? Um, I mean, it sounds like something that would happen in Avatar. Yeah, for sure. For. Yeah. Fucking sure. Okay, but so but let's think about let's just throw in, you know, so word association we think dark buddhism it sounds kind of cool uh what about ayn rand fuck ayn rand yeah right when let me know because i pulled this up because i feel like it's important to define objectivism at some point (laughs) because that's her fucking system and it's horrendous yes okay so why don't why don't you actually go ahead and just tell us since you uh, I and I say this with so much love in my heart. You are the Hermione Granger of this show, and we love you for it. We all we all love you for it. <laughs> okay, well, I think that first of all, like backing up, Ayn Rand is like most known for like the Fountainhead and Atlas Shrugged, which yeah. are like the books she wrote, right? So Rand herself described objectivism as hold on to your fucking ass. The concept of man as a heroic being with his own happiness as the moral purpose of his life with productive achievement as his noblest activity and reason as his only absolute. Right. And that's objectivism. Yeah. Basically, like the the main point of objectivism is that reality exists like outside of your consciousness and that human beings have direct contact with reality through perception and that basically you can attain objective knowledge through the process of like concept formation and logic and that the proper the moral purpose of a person's life is really just the pursuit of one's own happiness like if you think about like rational egoism and basically it's like the only social system that displays any of this is fucking laissez-faire capitalism which we all know is deeply flawed and so anyway Ayn Rand makes me rage okay so yeah yeah yeah. so dark Buddhism sounds cool Ayn Rand not so much not fucking cool uh and also definitely very much against what Buddhism is about so dark Buddhism is literally using Ayn Rand's objectivism philosophy to justify bringing a self-centered element to the traditional interpretation of Buddhism, 
And I think that's very antithetical to the whole idea of Buddhism and its central tenets. But also, I okay, but the reason we like locked this one in as our sus spirituality of the week is um, not only did I see this on Twitter this week, but within a day and a half of seeing it and being like, oh, my God, this is definitely going on the podcast. Some fucking rich white guy was talking about it at a table in the restaurant where I work. And Uh he was talking about he was literally talking about Ayn Rand and Buddhism and how he believes in both. And that's basically what dark Buddhism is, is uh, saying that because you're I mean, it's it's like one of the central tenets of Buddhism, which, okay, I think all of us as witches have read into Eastern religions as well as whatever paths we currently follow, because I think there's a curiosity about the spirituality of the world that exists in people who are part of this community. And so you probably know a little bit about Buddhism already, but like Buddha, the guy, was a prince who sort of left his home and saw how corrupt everything was and saw how people were suffering. People died of sickness. People died of hunger. And he had been sheltered from that his whole life because he was a prince. And he rejected his princely life to achieve enlightenment and you know you know the rest but uh, uh but basically right. the whole thing is that you're supposed to feel bad for being privileged when people around you are suffering and the whole point yeah. of Ayn Rand's objectivism is that you shouldn't feel bad you should feel good and it's they're incompatible it's like these yeah. are not either of them philosophies that i necessarily follow it's just but they're incompatible and it just they use cool buzzwords like dark buddhism to describe this really weird thing that's just like spirituality for privileged people it's like it's like lululemon spirituality because it's i mean it's like one of the core beliefs of buddhism is like really it's about like overcoming suffering that's caused by desire an attachment to like right. your sort of like the static soul. And so it's like, how can you like marry that with Ayn Rand, who basically is like laissez faire capitalism is the only like structure like you that gotta fits look the out bill. for number one, and that's you, baby. Yes. Yeah, star. It's, it's like those things I, I'm like, they're just calling themselves Buddhists to make themselves feel better about being fucking sociopaths. Right. So the dark Buddhism, it's a real thing. They have a website. Uh, you can look it up. It's wacky. It's very wacky. It's very sus. Very sus. I feel like especially in light of fucking 2020. It's <laughs> yeah. like there's we have no more time to like actually like humor these fucking psychotic we, we, we white cannot, men we cannot be humoring ayn rand supporters in <laughs> because 2021 look at what happened we got trump right no more to no them more. we say fucking stop it <laughs> fucking stop it so shannon we gotta move on we do we have to move on and i'm, I'm so excited heated. i know I'm heated. I'm heated too let's like super cool it down <laughs> because i'm really i'm really stoked to talk about hoyas okay and so anybody that is like a houseplant lover knows that hoyas are having a moment right now like they're super hip like all of the cool instagrammers have them so i have a hoya carry eye 
a Hoya Carnosa Compacta, a Hoya Carnosa Tricolor, and a Hoya Carnosa Crimson Queen. So those are the four varieties that I have. Those are also the new Power Rangers. Right. Um, Hoyas are really cool. So, you know, a lot of people initially are attracted to them because of their flowers. And so, you know, their common name is the wax plant. And part of that is because the leaves look kind of waxy, but also the flowers look like they're made of like wax or porcelain, like they're gorgeous. And they mostly smell more at night. So, of course, it's like, again, hats off to our nocturnal pollinators, moths, beetles, uh, bats in certain places. Hoyas are part of a family known as Apocinaceae, which actually includes the dog banes, which is interesting when we start talking about their witchcraft stuff. Um, but the the most diversity of Hoya comes from like subtropical and tropical Asia, which is really common for like most of the houseplants that we love. If you're thinking about things like monsteras, a lot of philodendrons, pothos. So you're looking at places like the Philippines, Indonesia, Malaysia, Papua New Guinea. Um, But these Hoyas can also be found in places like Thailand and China and like all the way to Australia. So there's a lot of diversity. So the very first one was actually um, ascribed to the genus in 1810. And so the last stat that I saw is as of 2015, there are over 500 scientific names published. But I listen to a lot of podcasts and I've listened to a lot of podcast episodes about Hoyas and a lot of experts and collectors in the botanical world and people that work in botanic gardens think there are probably somewhere between 600 and 700 Hoya species And a lot of them are still undescribed or unnamed. So like, if you've got a boner for naming a plant, Hoyas could make that happen for you. There are undiscovered unnamed species. So get at it. Something that I think is really cool about Hoyas, and I think part of the reason they're so popular is they're actually really easy to grow from cuttings. And so a lot of times you only need like a note or two to take a, you know, to have a cutting take root. And when you're thinking about things like monsteras, you know, your philodendrons, you're probably familiar with, you know, looking for a node and using that to take your cutting, the, you know, the root will grow from the node. But with Hoyas, some of their stems are actually able to photosynthesize. And so for some of them, you don't even need a leaf to take a cutting and have it grow into a plant. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because you just uh, stem it up. Yeah, just stem it up. And Another thing to just like keep in mind, especially if you're like new to Hoyas, is they like to send out these like long tendrils and they kind of look like they might be dead. <laughs> like, but a lot of times that's where leaves will grow from. And so basically with Hoyas, you want to be really careful. Like, don't get prune happy with a Hoya because like those things that look kind of like weird brown wiry stems could actually end up becoming like the vine that grows leaves and things. And they do have these adventitious roots along their stems, and they're used to like adhere to surfaces and absorb moisture. So to understand the purpose of an adventitious root, we kind of have to like take a step back and talk about uh, epiphytes. And so... Oh, shit. Oh, shit. But no, it's... Epiphytes are very common, and I'm not going to get super into it, but basically epiphytic plants don't grow in the ground. They grow, you know, on like fallen trees. Sometimes they grow in like cracks on a cliffside. Um, One that people are probably super common with is uh, orchids. Orchids are epiphytes. And that's why when you see these plants, they're usually not in like a soil-like potting medium. So these adventitious roots for a Hoya 
could sometimes like crawl along, you know, like a fallen tree log in the forests in like a really humid jungle. And that's how they spread in nature. Um, Just hanging out on hanging out on dead logs. Yeah, hanging out on dead logs. As we all have done from time to time. Uh, Yes. Um, and so the Hoya flowers, though, are really beautiful. They like they're kind of like a cluster that comes from the center to form like this little like five pointed star. Ooh, and they're I, I was actually I was um I had a picture of Hoyas pulled up while you were talking about them. And they really are nice little little star flowers. Yeah, they are. And some of them like some of the varieties are more, uh, I guess, juicy than others. They'll create like <laughs> more, um, more of like the sap. So like, be, just be the aware. The juicy. juiciness has been known in the plant world, I think, to like ruin a rug or two. So just like be aware. Um, but yeah, so for care, I think it's very similar to a lot of like your standard house plants because a lot of things that we grow at our home in our homes actually are epiphytic, whether or not you're aware of it. So you're going to want like a really well draining soil. Um, I know we say this all the time, but Hoyas in particular, like they need to dry out before you're like rewatering them. Well, because it's like it's like if you really think about it, though, if you were growing on the side of a tree, the rain would not have anywhere to stick around. So between rains, it would dry out. And that's part of, I mean, when you're thinking about the evolution of the plant and the adventitious roots, right, that like grow along the stem, the other reason for having those is because it helps them like quickly drop the moisture during like monsoons and rains because they don't get regular water. So I think a really great like common potting mix that anybody can get their hands on that's a really good base is the cacti and succulent mix by miracle grow it's super well draining it has long release fertilizer in it and it's really gonna like honestly even if you don't want to get fancy and add amendments like this is a really great like basic soil that you could probably put most of your house plants in without like zhushing it up you know i it's funny you mentioned that because it's one of those like uh practicality things my succulents are all in tiny little pots because that's how succulents do you know they're not super fast growers and um so you have to buy a whole bag of the succulent potting soil though if you're repotting them and moving them around and way after i run out of my regular potting mix that i had used for my other plants i still have most of the bag of the succulent stuff yeah which is also I'm just going to say it's funny because I have a bag of Miracle Grow succulent mix and um, I have a Calancho that has not been doing so hot. And it did. I was going to throw I was throwing a little more soil on just to give it that boost of fertilization uh, to see if that maybe helped. Uh, I I know that it's just not doing well because the temperature, but you know how it is. You just want to take care of it, right? Well, yeah, sometimes you want to like rule out all of the possibilities before you realize that it's just nature. (laughs) Right, right, right. Um, But yeah, so I because that's the only thing you have left over. Because I mean, for me, it's like I have quite a few succulents, but they don't take that much. They don't take that much. No, they don't. And it is again, it's like, I think if you listen to a lot of different like plant podcasts and like watch different plant YouTubes and like I did this for a long time too, and I still kind of do it, but there's like people get like a boner for creating their own like 
potting mix. <laughs> yeah. And and it's like you can do that. And if you like it, then that's totally fine. But also you can just buy like cactus and succulent mix by Miracle Grow at your lows and use that. And as long as you're like keeping an eye on your plants and not overwatering them, like they're gonna be fine. And sometimes I think it's important to like take a step back and remember that. <laughs> that <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're going to be mean, okay, especially with hardier species. Yeah. And so what I do with mine is I think taking a good like cactus succulent mix, I add orchid bark into mine. So you can get bags of orchid bark for like five bucks. So I like to amend it with that. And then I add in some worm castings. And so there's no like cute way to say it. Worm castings are worm poop, but they are hella nutritious And it's really great to put those in because it's a really like natural type of fertilizer. Most dirt has been worm poop at some point. That's true. And I think it's I mean, at some point, maybe we'll do a soil episode because it's calling it a potting soil like we do in the US is like really a misnomer because there's not actual like dirt in it. Like there's no actual soil. It's all like a potting medium because it's like made of things like cocoa coir or, mm, you know, mm-hmm. sphagnum moss. Um, and that, anyway, that's super fucking nerdy. But I just like to take that and I amend also, mine a actually, little bit more. No, no, it's not nerdy. But OK, but also soil and dirt with magical properties. We have to do. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I read this really or no, I was listening to a podcast and somebody recommended planting your seedlings in a sigil formation. And I was like, mind blown. There's a whole episode there. Oh, my God. So Yeah. (laughs) All of that to say, I just really want to like encourage people that like it can be really overwhelming if you're like dipping your toe into the houseplant world and you start seeing all of this information about different soils and like how every single plant needs its own special blend and yada, yada, yada. And like, sure, if you want to, you can definitely go down that rabbit hole, but you don't have to. And I I think that sometimes the houseplant community can feel really scary. And I don't want us to make you feel scared about it. That's Um, true. I think anything, though, that you go online and go to like the forums where yeah. enthusiasts talk about things. It everything seems like that. I remember I used you remember when I had a turtle as a pet? I do. I do remember that. And so it's you know it's like when you go to these places you just yeah, you kind of have to be like, well, on one hand, yes, you are right. You should be providing for these things. And uh but on the other hand, it's like, you know, I not everyone's going to have the resources to build a pond in their basement so that their turtles can have like a pond to live in. It's such a like a gatekeepery thing too, because I, I never want people to feel discouraged from getting plants because like, I plant almost everything in terracotta now and terracotta is the cheapest thing you can get. I actually have like a handful of terracotta pots that I got at the 99 cent store and I plant a lot of stuff in it. And it's like, you can get those for super cheap. You can get miracle Grow, you know, cactus and succulent mix for relatively inexpensive. And then if you go to like, even like a Lowe's or Home Depot, if you're putting it, if you're putting the plant in like the right space with the right light, Honestly, like you don't have to spend a lot of money on houseplants. And I think some of the super rare houseplants that are really like in vogue 
are kind of overrated and the more fancy you get with those things i don't know it's like i'd much rather have like a badass monstera deliciosa than have to fret over a tiny thai constellation monstera because <laughs> to me once yeah. you spend like 200 dollars on a plant it's like the stress level it's like it's not fun anymore it's at no least to me fun. it's no longer <laughs> fun well you know but it's like uh i one thing i will say that everyone out there who doesn't already know what they do what this is should look up what prop lifting is oh yeah um there's a there's like a whole reddit group no, I that's know. all yeah. i know i'm just th- see i'm not advocating it or denouncing it i'm just we're saying putting, we're that, pointing you in a direction but if you were interested at all you know i would just google what it is and maybe check that out Yeah, but all of that to say, back to Hoyas. The great thing about Hoyas getting so popular is that now you're able to find some varietals, like even at big box stores, because I think it's always best if you can to support a small local nursery. Often their plants are in better condition, but I do recognize that not everybody has access to that. And so I've seen like a Hoya Publicalix at a Lowe's. Um, But as far as caring for them, you know, like, bright indirect light they want they could even do some direct light depending on the species like my hoya carnosa compacta does get some direct light and for the dark green varieties that have the really succulent leaves that can handle that it'll actually cause some like white splash variegation on them that's really pretty um of course they also really appreciate higher humidity levels and so i think if you're wanting to get a hoya to flower which i think is a lot of people's goals You really need to be conscious of like, number one, the light, number two, the watering schedule, because some of them do need a dry period. And then number three, which is actually probably the most important is the humidity. Um, I think that it's not necessary to have them flower. I personally, like my Hoya Carnosa Compacta, I adore it. And I think the foliage is beautiful. I'm not going to drive myself crazy getting it to flower. But if you want to, a little extra humidity goes a long way. Um, And then last but not least, as far as like care, they really don't mind being a little root bound because their roots are their roots are really delicate and kind of slow growing. So really like hold off on repotting until it's like actually necessary, because if you put a plant in a pot that's too big, it's really easy for the soil around the roots to stay wet. And that's where you set up for bacteria and root rot. And in particular with plants that have kind of slow growing roots like Hoyas, That's a bigger concern. So that's my like tip of the day. Um, But the metaphysical, right? I think that's that's something that I was like really excited to see that Hoyas in particular do have a lot of like metaphysical properties associated with them. Um, So the element is air and the moon is also associated with it. And then it does the crown, solar plexus and root chakras. And so the reason for this is it's about like alignment. So that's the reason that you're seeing like the three like the bottom, middle, and top of your chakras because the Hoya helps you with like alignment. You know what I'm thinking when I see this like list of things? Libra. I'm thinking like Libra energy. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, this definitely has big Libra energy. And I mean, speaking of that, like this plant is great for grounding. And I think the balancing of Libra and like grounding are very similar energies. Uh, It's also really good for things like protection, of course, moon magic, and for setting boundaries, which I think almost everyone could use a little help with. And then again, it's like the flowers are also called like pentagram flowers in some circles. And they're also really good for protection work 
in your home. And so I found this really great spell in the Green Witchcraft book by Paige Vanderbeck. So basically, if you have a Hoya that's in bloom, you're going to state your intention to the plant. You know, you're going to talk to the plant and say, you know, I intend for you to fortify the boundaries of my home, write however you want to. And then you're going to take a hand fan, like one of those paper fans, and gently press it into the flowers on both sides to collect some of that nectar. And then you're going to move clockwise through your home and draw a pentacle in the air in front of all of your windows and all of your doors. And then when you're done, you know, go back to your plant, express your gratitude, maybe give it some moon water as an offering. And then this is like a really practical way to sort of use that like amazing nectar. And then for me, if you have a plant that's not blooming, because like I said, it's like you have to work to get a Hoya to bloom and there's no shame in it not blooming like NBD. I also like to take my Hoyas into the bathroom with me sometimes when I'm doing like ritual baths because they are really good for that like protection and grounding. They also happen to love the humidity. So taking them in for a steam is really nice. So it's like it's a it's a win win situation. Exactly. And then you can like have that really beautiful like grounding moon lunar energy in the bathroom with you and also be like treating your plant with love and kindness. So I have again, Green Witchcraft by Paige Vanderbeck is like a great resource I use. Also a couple of like podcasts that I listen to just like quick shout outs like Bloom and Grow Radio, Plant Daddy Podcast and On the Ledge are all podcasts that I listen to that are like exclusively planty. Um, and then homesteadbrooklyn.com. Um, those were like my main resources today. So well, uh, honestly, I'm I was so excited when you were doing this one because it really is it's like house plants. We gotta we gotta talk more about house plants. I know. And I have a lot of houseplants. <laughs> we're, we're supposed to be a podcast about houseplants, but we're just so excited about all plants that we just can't help ourselves. I know. And it's and, you know, I do think you can grow a lot of herbs as houseplants. But to be fair, it's like I was so stoked, too. <laughs> You're like, oh, here we are. Here we are. <laughs> yeah. My altar has houseplants on it. Like on my altar right now, I'm looking at a philodendron birkin. I have my Monstera Deliciosa. I have my Neon Pothos. I have my Ficus Elastica Burgundy. Um, because for me, it's like I like being around plants when I'm doing magic. And so I'm excited to do a little bit more like houseplant talk because even if a houseplant doesn't have like direct quote unquote magical properties, I think for a lot of us green witches, being around plants and caring for them like is magic. It's, it's part of our craft. For sure. Yeah, 100%. It's by itself part of the craft. It's like nurturing yeah. something and bringing forth new life. It's it's yeah. what we it's what we live for. Oh, so good. Talking about Hoyas and pentacle flowers, I was super excited to talk, you know, getting back into like the Hecate sort of area. I wanted to talk about Medea. Oh, shit. Yeah, so Medea is you know, definitely the spiritual daughter of Hecate. And in some versions of the mythology, she's like actually her biological offspring. Medea's father is um, King Aetis of Colchis. Her mother is not really listed 
a lot of times. And so in some instances, of course, it is like inferred that it's Hecate. Uh, and her grandfather was Helios, you know, the sun itself. The sun. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. <laughs> right. And at the very minimum, she was at least like a daughter priestess of Hecate. And her mythology paints her in kind of a bad light. But I also want to talk about like reimagining Medea for like the modern witch. So Jason the Argonaut arrives to seek some help to acquire a golden fleece. And so to get this fleece, he's when he gets this fleece, he's also going to like obtain a throne NBD. So really his like greed drives him to her. And Medea, of course, because it's mythology, fell deeply in love with him and told him, yeah, sure, dude, like, I'll help you out. But like, you gotta take me with you. And so, of course, J uh, Jason accepted. And then he presented himself in front of the king, Medea's father. And of course, Medea's father agreed to give him the fleece if he passed a certain number of tasks. Ooh, so, a, cha a challenge. Throwing down the fucking gauntlet. So the first task was to yoke a fire-breathing oxen and plow a field with it. You know, Easy. like you do. Easy peasy lemon squeeze. <laughs> So Medea, of course, being like the herbalism badass that she is, gives him like an ointment to apply to himself and his weapons that protect them from the flames. Um, wait, 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 wait. You can do that? Where's the, re I want the recipe for that. It was lost to time, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> With an ointment, you know? With a fucking like... ointment protecting him from fire-breathing oxen. But Nick, really, are fire-breathing oxen a big problem in your day-to-day? Because -day? we might need to like talk about that offline. <laughs> I mean, have you been to Austin lately? There's fire-breathing uh, oxen everywhere. Oh, it's shit. A lot. sickening. A lot has changed since I left. Yeah, well, um, it really has. It's called gentrification, Shannon. Get used to it. <laughs> Got fire breathing oxen taking over the east side. Um, secondly, uh, Jason had to take dragon teeth and sow them in a field that he had plowed, you know, with the former fire breathing oxen. And so as soon as he sowed them, a fucking army of warriors sprang up from the corn. Corn is no place for a mighty warrior. <laughs> corn apparently is a place for a mighty warrior, according to this story. Yeah, but Medea being like, the bad bitch that she was had actually like warned Jason. And so he wasn't surprised. He threw a rock and the warriors didn't know who had thrown the rock and they started fighting each other and killed themselves. So they were you literally know? like, who threw that rock? Was it you? No, it was you. No, it was yeah. fucking you. And then they killed exactly. each other and he didn't even have to do anything, huh? Yeah. Nah, man. That's smart. It's like that is sharp. That is some that's, quick thinking. That is a mediocre white man failing up. <laughs> and we continue. The third and final task was to kill the sleepless guardian dragon of the golden fleece. You know, the golden fleece that was going to get him the throne. The golden fleece. That and, yeah. And Medea, of course, provided sleeping herbs. And after the dragon took them, he fell asleep and Jason slew him like a bastard. No reason to do that. The dragon was asleep, but Jason killed it and then retrieved the golden fleece. Wow, he so, really is a he really is a privileged white man failing up. Uh, and right? now he's trophy hunting. He's fucking trophy hunting. So after taking the fleece and sailing away, Jason and Medea are are pursued by her dad, you know, her dad, the king. So in order to slow her dad down, Medea killed her brother, dismembered him, and threw the body parts to the sea. 
Whoa. Where her, Whoa. Where her, okay. Where her father had to gather up all the pieces <laughs> to give his son a proper burial. So, you know, she killed her brother to help this fuck boy. She's like, she's got the dick sickness. Um, <laughs> you're t- she's she's dignitized. What she, is she killed dignitized. her brother? Yeah, yeah. So on the way home, they stop at Cersei's island. You know, Cersei who turned a bunch of men into pigs. We can talk about her another time. Uh, I think you know. Honestly, I'm always for turning men into pigs. I mean, is it turning them or is it revealing their true form? <laughs> Ooh. Oh, oh. Hot takes. Oh. Uh, <laughs> sick burns. God um, anyway. Damn. So Medea's aunt and goddess of magic, Cersei, uh, was there to like help absolve Medea of her sin. So Jason, after all of this shit, Medea, again, super dignitized, basically seduces Medea into using her like amazing, powerful healing abilities to quote unquote rebirth her fa- his father out of her cauldron. And so that's like, healing him you know her cauldron is like where she does her badass herbal magic and then she was ultimately persuaded to do the same for his uncle which led to the death of his father the king it's there's a lot of complications here like she like revitalized his uncle too and then what he killed the king (sighs) yeah i mean there's a lot but essentially so after all of this Jason and Medea fled again. And then there's like another series of like super complicated events. And then after all of this, Nick, guess what fucking happens? What do fuck boys always do? They leave. Jason left Medea for a more politically advantageous woman. So this This, fucking woman. This fucking fucking guy. Are you kidding me? She has. She killed her brother for you. She helped you get the golden fleece to like take the throne potentially from her father. She rebirthed your father and your uncle, but her snatch can't get you to the top of the political ladder. So he's Audi 5000. <laughs> Audi um, 5000. So Medea is now like unwelcome in her home for obvious uh, brother murdering reasons. Uh, She was offered refuge by the king of Athens in exchange for curing his sterility, you know. And after that, you know, she very understandably, I think, went on a murderous rampage. Um, She poisoned Jason's, like, new trophy wife. Fair enough. Sure, sure, sure. She also killed her own sons by Jason and escaped in a chariot pulled by dragons. Well, I mean, you know, we're coming full circle with the whole dragon thing. Back to dragons. And some of this, like, depending on the mythology, appears to have been, like, orchestrated by a goddess that actually had a grudge against Jason's uncle. So it's, like, potentially all super petty. But in some versions of the myth, she, like, fled to Athens and married the king and then tried unsuccessfully to poison his son. But most people think that, like, the king of Athens, like, she cured his sterility and then she, like, went fucking off, right? And so, you know, the popular view of her for, I think, some reasons that you might understand is that she's, like, a manipulative and evil sorceress. And Medea, with, like, all of her, like, herbalism powers is really, like, considered, like, the mother of the poison path. And I do like this, like, the modern Hecatean witchcraft view is kind of, like, looking at Medea through a different lens and seeing her as, like, a symbol of women who are very powerful 
and refuse to play by society's rules. So like, if you kind of break this down to its most basic, it's like she falls in love with this man. She gives him everything and then he abandons her. And then, you know, it's like her killing her son. Some people say it's like you could interpret it as her wanting to save them from the injustices that she's experienced in life, which I think that one's a little bit more slippery but well i i would almost interpret it as like not only do i not want to think about you ever again i'm not i'm not even gonna like respect the fact that we had children together yeah fuck those kids fuck you and those kids (laughs) i won't let your progeny stain the earth possibly and i think again it's like she really is it's like we look time and time again at history right and it's like we all know that like powerful women are very often vilified and if she is the type of character who was able to like heal people with her herbs and poison people with her herbs that type of power in the hands of a woman is real scary to a lot of people like fuck boys named jason um (laughs) I bet he had a sweet fade haircut, though. Dude, I bet he had a sweet fade haircut, and he better have had a monster cock, or what was she doing? Like, Oh, my God. What if he didn't, though? And she was like, oh, my God. I love him. I really do love him. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, anyway, it's like, fuck, boys. This is like, yeah, uh, Ben just chatted in, and like, totally right jason is the first recorded fuck boy and i think that it's a good lesson though too for don't give up everything for a man because they're not shit um (laughs) if you want to connect to medea for whatever reason do you need to scorn an ex perhaps do you want to like come into your own power and like be rebirthed into your like Hecatean like majesty Mm. ritual bathing is like the way to go here because like her cauldron is like so symbolic of her power it's like when she was healing Jason's like fuckboy ancestors she was putting them in a cauldron with like herbal baths and so I think taking a good ritual bath and like calling on Medea to help transform you into this powerful like sorceress sorcerer is like really amazing and if you are really into like working with hecate medea as like a priestess daughter is a really great like intermediary deity to kind of work with if you maybe don't want to go like full hecate right out the gate you'd be like hey if you see her you know if you see her at the water cooler like i'm not i'm not saying i want to talk to hecate but like if you saw her around like maybe you could just say hey put in a good word Put in, Put, in Put in a good word. Yeah, M- <laughs> Medea and Circe, which we'll cover Circe soon, I'm sure, are great like entryways if you want to like get into Hecatean witchcraft. So, all of that to say, fuck boys ain't shit. Jason, fuck him, man. Like Jason the Argonaut was such a cunt, and he had it coming. But I, I, you know, and I'm gonna circle all the way back around and say, I bet he had a sweet fade haircut though. I I think you're right. I'm like, every fuck boy does. That's how that's where they get their power. (laughs) Right. Uh, But yeah, so that's my intro to Medea. Again, it's like you can super dig in and like, you know, the yada, yada, yada series of complex events. Though, you know, like we just don't. We We have to to use our mouths to make these noises. And you can only do that for just a, you know, just a couple hours at a time. 
But if you want some good reading, like the whole Medea story, it's a great tale. A++. And I, that's, that's why I was like, ooh, we have to cut before this one because I need a fresh glass of wine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, well, I think that that's bringing us close to the end, Nick. So I think it's your turn. Well, OK, so after last week, this week, I have the very exciting opportunity to be the person on Great British Baking Show who announces the star baker. And I kind of mean that literally. I know. Uh, so um, this week, our tarot scope is for Pisces. Which is my moon sign. I which, just have to remind which everybody. Which is your moon sign. Hello. <laughs> um, and the card that I drew was the sun, which represents success, positive energy, reassurance, even in the worst of circumstances. The sun will always eventually come back out vitality fire energy you name it it's coming your way it's like the exact opposite of the reading i did for scorpio last week it's good it's good news yeah it's like all about good energies so you know like this episode is coming out on the first of the year i would say because of that auspicious date I think this is going to be your year, Pisces. You, you're the sun. You're the star. You're oh, a star, BB. Thank you. I, I also loved that you drew the sun for Pisces because Pisces is super moon. And so it felt like such a beautiful like balancing because I know Pisces can get very like dreamy and emotional. And I feel like for 2021, getting the sun, which helps them like bring about their like strong sort of like not the ego driven power, but like that really like inner power base. I thought this was just such a such a good omen. It's like when you're lost in the fog of like disassociating and like getting, you know, like ignoring the world, you know, the sun will come out and the sun will lift that fog and yeah. you'll have a clear purpose. And this is going to be your year, Pisces. I would say it's the first of the year. This is going to be a good year for Pisces. When you're when you're trapped in your daydream that you are now dating Timothy Chalamet, <laughs> the sun will wake you up to your real life. And the sun will wake you up. So, okay, so I'm, I do want to circle back around and say that to, to date, it's January 1st, 2021. No one has mailed us a bag of rubies. So where can they contact us to... Okay, I insist... That you reach out to wandsandfronspod at gmail.com so I can give you our contact information to mail us a bag of rubies. You could also <laughs> reach out to us on Instagram at wandsandfronspod to inquire as to where to send a bag of rubies. I just want to say, if you are liking what you're hearing, wherever you're at, give us some stars. You know what? Fuck that. Listen, if you don't fucking give us some stars... I will literally cut you. We'll stick fire breathing oxen after we're gonna, you. We're going to send fire breathing oxen after you. And we're going to have you plant some dragon teeth. And you're not going to like that. You're not going to like that one bit. But also, I have a really sweet saber. It's not a sword. It's a saber. But I will cut you. <laughs> Nick will cut a bitch. I've watched him try to light someone on fire. <laughs> he doesn't play. We talk about this. We talk about that story every episode. 
of this podcast and one day we should just tell it but i think that should be way later on you're gonna have to get through way more episodes of this show before you hear it right or it could be in our q a episode uh, that has yet to be recorded which has uh, yet to be recorded and also i think it's funny because we're on like um a recording schedule and <laughs> um this episode will air after we record the live episode with the q a's so uh yeah i'm just i'm just thinking about it like maybe we should put something on instagram instead of asking people on the podcast because <laughs> they're, they're, they're gonna be like what well now it's too late don't you wish you had reached out <laughs> don't it's you, too late it's now it's too late don't you, you wish you had done too it long <laughs> shame shame you, on you you had every opportunity we gave you everything <laughs> um <laughs> oh, okay so. <laughs> uh but, okay so oh my god sagittarius season it's the end of the year it's the last one I, we're recording like this this year um yeah. i just gotta say i gotta say blessed be to all the bitches. I gotta say, to all the bitches, except for Jason the Argonaut, blessed be. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Money, please. Money, please. <laughs> <laughs>